uh, some pages today uh, actually doing these and actually recording it has inspired me to really prepare more. And so it's, it's, I, I told Patty, I listened to and learned some stuff today on the paragraphs that we're really going to read, one or two paragraphs, that I c couldn't see before. And, and some new thoughts on this. And we did the, uh, we've done the promises, the ninth step promises, and we read the tenth step promises today, and we're going to look at those. To me, the tenth step promises should be read at every meeting, uh, but I'm not in charge. I'm not God like... Uh, uh, Chris said, and uh, please remind me of that. Uh, the promises, the ninth step promises, are come through, and they appear halfway through your step nine. Now, what does that have to do with? Why did they put those promises there, and why are they worded that way? These are promises that occur when you are spiritually awake when you have had a spiritual awakening and you have the spirit, then the promises, then you know serenity and you know peace. And then you don't feel useless and your self-pity disappears because you've been awakened, you have a relationship with the spirit. So those promises are powerful, but they don't occur unless you work for them, but they are fulfilled and they materialize, they just appear. So at some point when you've done uh, four through nine, you've you faced the uh, things in your mind that are blocking you from God. You're awake to the power because you're unblocked, and it's powerful when you look at it that way. And I just realized that that that's with that's why they're right there, and that's why it says halfway through, and they will always materialize if you work for them. It's a promise, and I think they're powerful, and I'm glad they're at every meeting. But it has to be put in perspective. And then it says, this thought brings me to step 10. The thought that the promises, I'm spiritually awakened. Look at the change in my life, like Holly said, and Chris and others today. The change in our life, our relationship with God that materializes at this point. Then it suggests we continue now, continuous three times on page 84. That's where I'm reading today. And it says, continue to take personal inventory. I'm going to inventory my personality all the time. And my personality is how I think and how I see things. Now, the promises also relate to page uh, 64. And page 64 talks about the things that are blocking me from God. On step four, and it talks about reset, resentment's the number one offender. It's the number one offense against my relationship with God and accessing the power. Anybody doesn't believe that, stay angry all the time. See how you feel. See how God's working in your life. I talked to a guy yesterday who told me today is going to be bad. He knows it's going to be bad. I said, well, uh, that's a guarantee that it will be. And uh, we laughed, and he's supposed to text me when it gets bad today. And so, it, but, we, but you see, we laugh because we understand our alcoholism. And those are people who are spiritually awake. He was spiritually awake that he could see how he was causing the day to look bad. It says, from resentment stems all forms of spiritual dis-ease. 
Now, this dis-ease has to do with the spiritual awakening. I am at dis-ease with the spirit. When I'm at ease with the spirit, I'm spiritually awake. And when I'm spiritually awake, I can see things differently than I could see when I was spiritually asleep. And when I have dis-ease with the spirit, I only see the things in my mind that are blocking me. When I'm at ease with the spirit, I can see those things and I cannot react to them. Now think about that. And that is a great promise. And it says I've not only been mentally and physically ill, physically my body, physically with the world, mentally my thinking, and I have been spiritually sick. Now when this spiritual malady, the spiritual dis-ease is overcome, I straighten out mentally and physically. And then the promises come true. So the promises are where I am with, at ease with the spirit and I'm no longer at dis-ease. And this makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, it's the way I see it today. I didn't see this. I've read this a million times before, but things just come. And it says, suggests I continue to inventory my personality all day long and continue to set right any new mistakes as I go along. Now, I always thought that you just apologize all the time. You know, you're going too fast, you call the highway patrol. No, it's continue to set any, write any new mistakes in my thinking. Now, here's the key between the promises, step 10, and the disease, is that when I am awakened to the spirit, and I'm with the God, I can see the mistakes. I could never see them before. I was, they were just me. I was just irritated or bothered or afraid or anxious. Now I can see them and they're not really part of me. They're part of my persona, my mask, that, I, that the characters in my mind, my, my theater of the lie, they're the, these things that talk to me but they're not really true. They're not me. And when you do that way, when you are that way, you can react to them and you can see them and you don't have to make them part of your personality. But if you're not spiritually awake, they are your personality. And so we have this card of the personality of somebody living on self will and it's not pretty. I don't think anybody wants to make a copy of the left-hand side and pass it out and say, this is how my life looks today. But that's the way it is. So I set right any new mistakes as I go along. So this is how the, we work the steps each day. And if I don't do this each day and I stay connected to my power, I won't see the mistakes. I will be the mistakes. I will live the mistakes. And when I live the mistakes, I don't feel good. Now, the 11th step, which is this inventory at night, is where we look back and see where we weren't at ease with God accessing the power and we were separated. And 10th step is where I do it all day long. Now, here's, here's if I vigorously vigorously, think of that word, commenced this way of life. This is going to be my way of life. This is the spiritual life. This is how I live it. This is the whole purpose of AA. The whole purpose of AA is so that I can live a spiritual life. And if I live a spiritual life, drinking will never come in the picture. And I vigorously commenced this way of living as I cleaned up the past. So as I'm in step nine and I'm cleaning up the amends, and the shame and guilt from my past, I'm beginning this way of life. Now, I like people to read 84 to 88 when they come in. 
and start to try to do this, but I see that you can't really work the step till you've the way it's intended till you've done four through nine. And it says, I have entered the world of the spirit. And wow, that is the greatest promise in the book because the world of the spirit means that I'm spiritually awake. And spiritually awake, now I understand that means that I can see things differently with God. And I can see the personality of my ego and my self-centered personality. And in the world of the spirit, now the, we have our physical body, right? How we are physically. We have our mind and then we have our emotions. But the spiritual life, when I'm in the world of the spirit, I can see my thoughts and I can see the truth about them and then I, I'm not my emotions anymore. I don't have to be my emotions. This came to me. I don't know if it makes sense to you, but if I'm with God, I, my feelings don't and my emotions don't have to drive my personality. I can see that they're not real. They're not good. They're not true. And so I can act on truth now in the world of the spirit, not on my emotions. And if I, if I act on the truth, then my thinking will change and my actions will change and my life will change. So when we have emotions, then we have certain thoughts. We react to the emotions with a thought and then we take an action. <coughs> if I'm in the world of the spirit, I can see my emotions are separation and I don't have to act on them anymore. Isn't that great? And so he's gonna, they're going to tell us exactly again what that means. So the world of the spirit is where I want to be. If I'm the world of the spirit, I don't have to be prisoner to the bondage of self. I don't have to be in bondage of self anymore. I can see it. Now I can choose each day to be in bondage of self, but I have a choice now with God. It's powerful. This is powerful stuff. And it says, my next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness in the world of the spirit. And it says, it's going to, uh, not an overnight matter, it should continue for the lifetime. So we talk a lot about our prayer in the morning and our meditation. I meditate on this. I meditate on 84 and 85, 86 and 87. What is it actually saying? I say, what is the world of the Spirit going to look like to me today? Help me, God, so that I can see the mistakes. And then it says, I want to grow an understanding of effectiveness. It's not an overnight matter. It should continue for a lifetime, continues three times in this thing. So if you stop, people want to know what happens to people who drink again, who are in recovery. They're not in step 10. They're not in the world of the spirit. They're living on self. And when you're living on self, you don't have any power. And then the thought of alcohol or drugs makes sense. Now, if you're in the world of the spirit, it doesn't make sense. You can see it that it doesn't make sense. And you don't have to react on it because you can see truth. And so people who go out, they don't go out. They were never in the world of the spirit. Now, the problem is I could be in the world of spirit right now at 950, but I could stop at 1020. But I can stop and get back now because I can see with God when I'm separated. And I don't feel good. It says I should continue to watch, watch, for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And you see, these are the wrong ideas that are the result of my emotions. 
and I can separate now from my thoughts. So I can see, I can watch. Now watch is a spiritual term, and I heard this guy talk about when we watch in the world of the spirit, I create a distance between me and this personality, the self-centered personality. I can see my self-centered person. I can watch for when it's coming up. And I, can di I don't have to be that anymore. Isn't that a gift? See, I don't have to be this self-centered, fearful, angry, intolerant, judgmental person. I can stop and say, that's not me. That's the separated me. I'm with you now, God. I don't want to be that. Now, it doesn't mean that you're not going to get those thoughts, but they don't have to become you. You don't have to act on them anymore. That's a power that you get from God. That's the power that I get from, from God, is the power to see my self-centeredness, separate it from me and God, and not react to it. It's a great promise. Because all my wrongs that I inventory in step four, all my wrong ideas, my thoughts, my actions, I don't have to become those. So I don't have to take wrong actions anymore because I'm watching for when the self-centeredness is cropping up and I can stop. So I shouldn't be harming people, sending the emails, making the little snippy remarks. Now we all do that. We're not perfect. But this is how we can react if I'm in fit spiritual condition. See how it all ties together? And this, um, it says, continue to watch. So watch isn't wait and then stop and after you've, you've done it. It's watch for when my selfishness occurs. Uh, I want to watch a game and my wife says, I, I, we need to go and do something. Wow, there you go. <laughs> I watch and I say, you know, I don't need to be selfish. I can TiVo it. I'm not, and I just go and say, great. You see how it is? It's not that complicated. It's the same thing. Uh, stop, Bob. <laughs> now, Bob, I'm the funny one. All right. Continue to watch for self. You know when you're being selfish. You know when you're, you're resisting uh, uh, doing something because you, you don't want to do it. And dishonest. Now, here's the one I didn't understand. And this is just for me. I can't speak for you. I am dishonest when I'm playing God. I am dishonest when I'm judging somebody. I am being dishonest. I'm playing God, which is not honest. And I'm judging them from a false place. Now, of course, there's dishonesty when I'm lying or stealing or, or doing things that are, quote, dishonest. But my dishonest thinking is playing God and judging everybody. I don't know about you, but I've got a judger in here that's watching all day. It's, it's watching. It's, it's just watching. It says, there you go. You better judge that one. Don't miss that one. And, and, or, or impatient. Uh, don't, don't, they're making you wait. Watch for that. Uh, intolerance. It's there. These things are there. It's part of our personality, but I don't have to, they don't have to become my personality. I don't have to react to them today. It says to watch for it. Fear. Fear is the thing that kills me. Uh, it, it, fear kills all of us. It's, it's through all of our resentments. It's the evil and corroding threat. I, you don't even recognize fear all the time. I'll just be anxious. Or I'll be, quote, bothered. Something will be bothering me. I won't even know what it is yet. It's something that probably happened two hours before. Something I saw on TV that I know is going to be bad. 
and I haven't had time to really focus on that, but it's, I'm uneasy. I don't know about you, but this is where how alcoholics can think. This fear, this, 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 this thing out there that's always, well, you know, what's going on? What's happening? And it, it's driven because I'm playing God. And I can see that now. When I'm managing any area of my life or managing in self, I'm going to have some fear. And I don't have to react to it anymore. I can watch for it and say, God, I give you my life. You're in charge of this. I trust you. Give me courage. How can I be now? Love, patient, tolerant, kind. And so I watch for it. And it says, when these crop up, see, they crop up in my mind all the time. I don't know about you. You can be driving the car and these things just crop up. I don't know where they came from. And then you'll, you'll react to it. And now I can say when these crop up, I can say, God, just remove it because I'm with God. And I don't have to spend any time in that negative self-centered world unless I choose to. It's a great promise. It, it, this is the freedom of the bondage itself. Now, I'm not saying, we, the reason we have to do the step all day long is because we always see things through self. And then we, we have to stop and say, that's not the way it is. God will help me say it's not the way it is. It doesn't have to be that way. I don't have to react. It is what it is, but I don't have to react that way. It says we crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. Now, it doesn't say stew about it for an hour and then ask God. Why do you want to ask God at once? Because you don't want to spend any time and give any power to this crap in your head. It's just crap all day long. And, and if you look at it, nobody buys crap off the shelves, but we store it in here. Think about it. And, and, we, and it becomes real and it drives us. And I just call it crap. There's no other way to describe my thinking. It's just nonsense. <coughs> and now I laugh at it. I say, uh, and what I do is I use this uh, thing that the speaker, uh, he talks about Bobby, Vulture, and the bedpost. He says when he wakes up, uh, the, the vulture's ready. His mind is ready. It says, wake up. I've got all these things for you to worry about and study. And he says, to, he talks to this, to the, he calls it his thinker, and he says, what's your source of information? Now think about it, because my source of information is wrong. I was trying to tell somebody who was bothered by something on TV, what's their source of information? And if it's a self-centered source, I see it a certain way, and it seems real, but it's not true. And so I don't have to react to him. And it says, we discussed him with someone immediately. And notice, this is four through nine. You're inventorying step four, discussing with someone in step five. You're asking God to change the way you see him when these crop up, remove them, six and seven. And you make amends and says, and, and quickly, if I've harmed anyone, and you discuss them with someone immediately. Now, we don't like to discuss them with someone immediately because they may try to change our mind. You see, they might tell us that we're wrong, and we don't want that because we want to live in that sick world. And, and so why don't we discuss them immediately? And so that's another thing. We always have tools. We all know somebody that we can call or text. 911, I got a crazy thought. Uh, now, you don't have to do it all the time, but some people still during the day. I do it too, we all do, and why don't we keep it? Why don't we just talk to somebody? Because once we discuss it with someone else, they're gonna tell us how ridiculous it is. They're gonna help us see it a different way. And so that's, that's a form of surrender. We're surrendering that what we know or think is true. We're surrendering that, that my way is right. We're getting rid of old ideas. Remember it says old ideas are gonna kill me. 
Well, they are going to kill me. They're killing me right here. And they come up all the time. You get new old ideas all the time. And what are old ideas? Anything I think that's true, that's based upon self-centeredness. And it says, I resolutely turn my thoughts to someone I can help. Now, here's the key. I'm turning away. I'm watching with God. I'm in the world of the Spirit. I can turn away from this. I have the power now with God to turn away from it and turn my thoughts to someone else. As long as it's not me, it's good. So how do you know if you're doing the 10th step? Where are your thoughts? Are they on you? Or are they on, away from you? It's not that complicated. So that's how you know if you're doing it right moment by moment. Am I stewing in this nonsense? Or am I saying, how can I be of service to them? How can I be loving to my family, people I know, my friends, the world, whatever? And it says, love and tolerance of others is our code. So turn is a powerful thing. And here's the problem. We don't turn away. We stay over here in this false personality and we, we act on these things that aren't true and then our days are miserable. And there's alcohol, that's alcoholism, that's the bondage of self and I'll drink again if I do that long enough. And so I have to turn away to someone I can help and it can be anybody but me. You can always be of helpful to somebody. And it doesn't mean that you have to take out their trash. You can be kind to them. You can be caring. You can smile. You can, you can be, say thank you. You can be loving and kind. And he says it because he says love and tolerance of others is our code. Now, why does he use the word tolerance? Tolerance, I think, is an engineering term. I don't know. I, I don't know. I heard this. But it's, the, it's a tolerance for how much a, a thing builds up before it flames. So we want to be able to be very tolerant of everything that happens in the world and not flame up. And just it is as it is, like uh, Chris says, it is as it is. Things are as they are. And that's where you get the ability to see things that it is as it is and then do the serenity prayer and either change or have courage because you're tolerant and you have willingness to just whatever it is. And love is God to me. Love and tolerance of others is our code. So uh, the problems with my personality is not me. See, when I have problems, and it's because this personality is the self-centered world I've created, is not really the real me. And I can't recognize that unless I'm in the world of the spirit. So now I can see when I have a fear of something, I say, well, that's not real. God. Uh, remove my fear and direct my attention to what you would have me be. Well-loving, kind, trusting God, patient. Uh, if I get angry or bothered or judging, I say, well, that's not the person I want to be. I don't have to be that. They're, they are who they are. I say the third the prayer, God save me from being angry. Give me love and patience and tolerance. So I thought that uh, uh, that was some new insights. And so I, what really, in the 10th step, I'm watching my personality and I'm not my personality. I don't have to be that anymore. And then um, if I watch I can, and I can see the problems that self's caused, I can, be, I can remove them from my mind. And to me, this is what fit spiritual condition is. And so I, I want to stop. I want to always give about 10 to 15 minutes for everybody to share. But I thought that that would be good. And we're going to look at the... Um, um, the uh, recovered promises next week.
And uh, now let me see if I can turn this off. I'm, I'm really mentally challenged here.